A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Is that? It's the second time it's gone off. Never got home. They never got home. They never got home. Those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine. It's not that at all. It's the opposite of that. It's to the world outside of that. That's why sports important. Why not consider this a bumper second captain's promo today? Because not only are we going to tell you about what you're missing on the world service, mm-hmm. we're also going to give you a little taster of the brand new series episode with Richie Sadler, which is out now and available to all and number one in the charts already. Murph, how are you? Stop it on. God, it's, it's just a real public service you provide here, isn't oh, it? It's unbelievable. This new series takes the very best of Richie's players' chair interviews and branches out beyond sport, talking to all sorts of people about defining episodes in their own lives. Starting this week with Tommy Tiernan, who spoke about his problematic relationship with his late mother. I think understanding our, ch- our childhood is something that we all struggle with. And mm. understanding... Why we were so angry at her. We didn't know, like, each of us were fucking angry at her. And we couldn't pinpoint to a particular thing, a particular event, micro moments maybe. But nothing, nothing outstanding. You know, little slivers of either cruelty or distance. So I don't think my mother is anywhere else now. I don't think she's a an embodied mm. spectre in the clouds awaiting a final forgiving hug when we all go up there. Um, has that, that always been your view or is that your view No, now? that's recent now. It's recent. So her life is finished. Her life is over. Um, the first thing she did when she was born was inhale. <gasps> she came out of her mother. And the last thing she did was <sighs> Okay, so that, that, that life is gone and it's done. I think you realise as you get older that people don't fix things. You know, you can leave this world in the middle of the damage that you're doing to other people. 
you can leave this world in the middle of the damage that you're doing to other people is <laughs> one of the many powerful moments in what was an extraordinary interview and what is an extraordinary interview if you haven't listened to it yet that one is available now it's separate to your second captain's feed it's got its own feed wherever you normally get your podcasts and as i mentioned it's already gone straight in at number one in the itunes charts so well worth a listen there to listen to richie talk football this week you should sign up to the world service he was in on tuesday for a period of self-reflection as the stephen kenny era limps to its conclusion well we talk about his words not having any meaning anymore richie what about your words (laughs) (laughs) what about your own regrets as a chin stroking what was it Priest. High priest of Irish football. In the words of Harry A media booster of this now Marbund project. <laughs> Sorry, hold on. Who's asking the question here and who's supposed to answer it, by the way? Hey, look. Sorry, I'm, you're, I'm, you're asking I'm throwing the question. Richie as a chin-stroking high priest As opposed to asking yourself. Yeah. Look, I'm, look, I'm throwing, the question, yourself. throwing the question out there. Why don't you turn that high-powered sense of perception on yourself? Yeah, as well, Terry I'm, Sterling said to Hannibal Lecter. I'm throwing, I'm throwing the question <laughs> out there. I'm not sure I'm the only one with... Uh, you know, with uh, with a case to answer, we all wanted him to succeed. Well, Murph didn't seem to. No, hold the, on now. Hold the veteran, the veteran journalist Roy Curtis, describes this as a salutary lesson in the dangers of cultish groupthink. Wow. The agnostics, those few of us who declined from the start to worship thoughtlessly at the altar of Stephen Kenny, were denounced as a clueless, unstable band of dissenters, simple-minded old timers. Flat earthers clinging to some time-expired notions even as the game moved on and submitted to science. You know, dinosaurs, Stone Age, that, that's, mm. that sort of stuff. You mentioned Comical Alley. I think, I think Comical Alley got a mention in uh, Roy Curtis's piece as well. That's probably where I got the idea. Yeah. But um, what, what do you think, Richie? You know, we were talking about Stephen Kenny maybe looking back and, and having regrets about moments. Do you, have, do you have regrets? Were there moments when, in hindsight, when you look back, you think... Maybe I should have, you know, maybe I should have seen through this thing at an earlier point. I mean, because I know eventually you did say, uh, you did accept this isn't going to work. Quicker than you did. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely distanced myself from being in either camp. I I don't think like Roy's piece there, that this thing of just in really extreme cases, paint us either as blindly following Stephen no matter how bad he does the job or those that would talk him down no matter how well he does the job I, I was in neither of those but at every case every turn along the way I kind of did my best to kind of look big picture as well as just look at Stephen but it was this campaign it was the the the, the, the Greece game at the start and, and even actually even in the even in the bigger games where we tell ourselves we do well against big nations and I think that's because we lower the bar. Our expectations of ourselves are so low against the bigger nations that we have to do far less to impress ourselves. Like in the opening game against France, with the exception of Nathan Collins' header at the end, I don't think we really created a, a chance. So, um, do I regret anything I said along the way? Absolutely no, not, because I'm, I don't felt I, was, I, I felt I was at no point influenced by anyone. I didn't stay in contact with Stephen or anyone, and I just called it as I saw it at every step of the way. Yeah. I'm I'm just trying to trying to do some as you suggested self examination. Mm. You know, using do you, Richie as do a, you regret anything that you have said or written about Stephen Kenny? Regret. That's the word. Regret is rare. If you had your time again, um, 
No, I don't. I don't think I did anything wrong. Minister, minister, if I can press you, minister, please. Yeah. The people. This has been really cathartic. Nobody admitting to any mistakes. Yeah. No, it's it's the you know it's it's that thing. If if I was to compare him to uh, a kind of a populist politician who promised things he could not, mm. he made popular promises that perhaps he did not have the tools to ultimately deliver. Then I'm like a. Uh, a demagogue, you know, whipping people up, saying, this guy, he has all the answers. Only he can fix this. So uh, you're Hannity, basically. Is uh, that what you're saying? Yeah, no, no, not Hannity. He's, no, he's, no, not Hannity. You can't sort of Tucker. Uh, more Tucker. <laughs> Owen, what about you? <laughs> a little Regret? bit of self-reflection? Self-reflection, never. No. <laughs> no. Hold it forward. It's obviously easy for everyone, for the people who are always against Kenny to say that they were right all along. There was, I'm looking back at it, there was an eight-game stretch where we were unbeaten. I don't know how many managers we've had where we've gone eight games unbeaten. Okay, some of them friendlies. It's still good to win those. Some of them against poor enough teams. But we had lost to Luxembourg earlier in their campaign. After the Luxembourg defeat, we then should have should have beaten Portugal mm. away from home. Mm. Lost uh, that. In ways, was that the turning point? If we had managed to hold on, but I don't know because we did. We did at least bounce back somewhat because we, we lost that one two one, right? And then from then on, we eight, eight games in a row unbeaten, including Serbia and Portugal at home. I remember that was it the Serbia game at home where we really should have lost, but mm. we jammed. And then the Portugal, uh, the Portugal game, they were happy enough with the draw. But we played pretty well that night. Then yeah. avenged the Luxembourg defeat three 0 away from home. We drew against Belgium in a friendly, a two all friendly that I appear to have. That's the time when I'm referring back to the conversations between myself and Liam in the studio. I remember we were on a run of results and and slightly improved performances where you go, there's there's an upturn here. I don't know if we can keep going up, but it's certainly up from where we were at the Luxembourg day. And let's keep this going. Yeah. Here's a question for you. Do you think Irish football treated Stephen Kenny fairly? Oh, oh yeah. Sorry, I, I jumped in there, but uh, I mean, and I mean, I'm, and on, I'm not I'm just talking about the FAI. I'm talking about like the fans. I mean, if you're fans, thinking, yeah, more than fair. Yeah, that's what I mean. This is what your Roy Curtis of this world would no, say: a level of fairness that no other manager got near achieving. Yeah, in terms of how he was that viewed that by a lot of pundits and the fans. I'm sorry. I'm not saying that anyone thinks that he was treated unfairly. I think that's the thing that, like, that is at least something that Stephen Kenny can can hold on to if he's. You know, when he settles down, it's like, listen, I got a shot at this. It's not you like know? Brian Kerr. Yeah. Brian, Brian Kerr, who, who I think still probably feels that he was, I mean, probably, I think he's, I think it's fairly safe to say he feels that he was kind of shafted mm. at the time. I mean, that was John Delaney's decision, you know, that he definitely should have had another go. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I, uh, Stephen Kenny, probably if he was sitting here, would make a case that he also, you know, this is just about to come good. But like, he has had a good go at it and they did you know I, I, I agree a, with I you when they, when they thing, renewed the know? contract I think that yeah. was the right that, that was the it right was. thing to do yeah. I really think it was you know and like we can obviously reverse engineer that now and say this campaign has been a total disaster but that string of results that you're talking about that was when the contract was you know was up for discussion yeah like I thought there was enough there to give him that contract you know and I don't think that I, you know obviously you can say now that yeah. was the wrong decision. Absolutely, you can say that. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't. I don't think you can look back and say this has been an institutional failure. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that. The, 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 there's been like just 
a daft drift in Irish football. I mean, I think we were right to give him the contract. I think it's right now that he that he doesn't get another. I don't know one. if I'd want to have been proven right in this case, yeah, as some like, of these journalists have been. It was it was nice. Well, they haven't have. they haven't been proven right. I mean, let's let's just get back to to Roy Curtis. Um, so he this this is his, this is the core of his point. Uh, the agnostics, so the agnostics, those few of us who declined from the start to worship thoughtlessly at the altar of Stephen Kenny were denounced as a clueless, unstable band of dissenters. Never mind, I don't know, simple-minded old-timers, flat-earthers, clinging to some time-expired notions even as the game moved on and submitted to science. So, you know, you've got the, the theme of these, you know, the commissars, the Bolsheviks have taken power. They're sweeping away everything beautiful in the world and in the service of their perverted ideology. Um, never mind that they were the same pragmatic notions which enabled a small nation like Ireland to emerge as a major tournament force, gifting a delirious public unforgettable days of thunder. So we have here at the, at the core of this uh, argument is something called pragmatic notions. But it's never explained what those actually are. Right, so pragmatic notions is kind of presented as like here is here are the pragmatic notions. This is what have been, has been cast out, you know, with by by this the, the revolution of all this, the scumbags and the Tucker Carlsons and the Bolsheviks who've taken over, and the chin strokers. Um, but what what is what do we mean when we say pragmatic notions? Right, basically, basically this is like. Proper football, proper football, you know, Second proper football. Balls. What is what is proper football now? What is proper football now? Uh, you know, at, at this point in the in the history of the game, like when Jack Charlton uh, took Which over, is thirty years ago now. For, oh, sorry, it's thirty years ago, to 40. For second world, uh, second World Cup. Yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. It, it's I mean, uh, it's closer to forty years ago. He, we say pragmatic, but actually, what he was doing wasn't really considered to be orthodox at the time it was quite it was it was like counter cultural remember you know that bed that we played mm, in yeah, everyone yeah. played the same way you know uh, well, give it to the playmaker then, only then get players ahead of the ball yeah so it was it was kind of a it was an against the grain way of playing in international football which uh, was calculated you know it wasn't ba- it wasn't just like this is common sense this is the way it's always been and this is the way football is always no, it was it was like the, if we do this, they won't they won't be able to deal with it. But if if you were to have some new child, like maybe there's an argument now for a kind of a countercultural Charlton figure again, like Stephen, what Stephen Kenny was selling, you know, was kind of yeah all the rage in 2018. Actually, things have moved on a bit, and maybe it sounds a bit dated now. It's like four three three playing out from the back. This is all a bit sort of yesterday's news now. You know, I'm not saying we could do a sort of deserby type thing, but the point is, right, pragmatic notions. We talk about pragmatic notions. Some, if someone came along now and tried to do something a bit different with Ireland, it couldn't be doing what Jack Charlton did again. You can't do that anymore because the whole point of what Jack, Char- Jack Charlton's game was, let's kick the ball over their defense to the corner, get the fullback facing back towards his own goal and then run after him. Right? That's basically it. And then he will make a mistake because nobody is used to this situation, and then we will score, right? Or, or we will try. We will be. We will get the ball close to their goal. We might have a goal, and that's basically it, right? Or you know, long ball and head it down. You can't do that now because the defenders will just play out past you. You will only get to touch the ball at the restart when you're kicking off. That's when you will get to play. So, 
so, so these pragmatic notions, I'm afraid, I would have liked this article because there's a lot of wisdom here to explain what that actually but means. Could, but it could be counterattacking. Could be. It doesn't have to be long balls and follow the long balls in. I do fear that it could be. So pragmatic notions is just whatever works. Like what? Whatever wins. Well, not well. Not you can impo- only tell. Not, in, not, you can not, only not, tell what they are in not, hindsight. Well, it it means not imposing a style of play on your players for which apparently, as is evidenced by the Stephen Kenny regime, they're not technically able. For. Well, I, well, he didn't really do that though. I mean, well, he, he, tried, tried, he half committed. He tried. He tried, and then he had to change the style to something else, which he, you know, they but felt. That's maybe another was issue. I think, got, I think he got caught between two stools there a little bit because they were still. It's it's still very rare among Ireland teams that you get more possession in a match against Netherlands and Greece and stuff like that. So there was still some of the possession-based stuff there, even if he didn't fully commit to it. I think it's all, it's all about that question of what is pragmatic notions? What, you know, you can't just say that and go, well, of course, we all know we should have just used pragmatic notions. I mean, that's just... Like what, I think what the pragmatic that? notions he's talking about are the, the notions that got us to Euro 2012 and Euro 2016, which is try and get goals from set pieces. Two banks of four, yeah. kick the ball away. Yeah, well, maybe that is... Well, we did maybe, get goals from set pieces during a spell maybe, of the Kenyan that might regime. Be, that might be our... That might be what he thinks is our limit. Yeah. But nobody wants that. Nobody wants it. Everyone, we watched it so much, we were sick watching it. Even getting to those tournaments was a disaster. We, I mean, Euro 2012 is one of the worst experiences I've, ever, I've had. Euro 2016 wasn't a disaster. I don't know what you're talking Euro about. Euro 2016 wasn't we, great either. We beat Italy. I don't care if it was a weekend team. It was an amazing moment. It was a big Irish sporting moment at the time. Mm. We also led France 1-0 at halftime. You didn't have to go to the Belgium game, did you? I had to go to that game. Shane Long got kicked in the head. He did. He got a penalty. He got kicked in the head just before it was a two. Hang on, I was at the Belgium game. What? Yeah, in Bordeaux. Yeah, I was there with you. Oh, so you were. No, I was in Lyon. I was in Lyon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was at the Belgium game as well. Yeah, that was not good. No, no, it was great city though. But no, but nobody wants to do that anymore. It's it's not gonna, you know, maybe, you know, I don't think people are ready for this. But if this doesn't work, if the Kenny, if Kenny ball doesn't work. I don't know who this white knight is going to come in and basically do what, the same. Why is Kenny ball? What's Kenny ball? Describe it. Well, well there that, is. That's, that's, it, it, that's, that's what we've seen. There isn't really a, a thing there to. Did, know, well, what is that said earlier? Well, what, 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 is what, the what, thing? He talked to, what he talked to us about at the Liberty Hall while he was under 21 manager and before he came in was basically backing yourself to control a game through possession, to have the ball, to be comfortable with the ball at your feet, to play out from the back. And to presumably the end of that score some goals, which mm. I guess was a possibility. Well, I, I, think I, though, I, I still think he, he, he kept some of those tenets. We were still, to a certain extent, prioritising possession more so than other other managers were doing. And I don't know. Does it have to be? Why is it always an A and B thing? Is there not something in between? Exactly. Does it does it have to be? We do. We're we're a long ball merchant team, or we. You know, just yeah, because about the, the, the ball the conver- at our feet. There's the conversation of the debate, like that article said, we, th- there was two firm camps at the start, and then everyone's view was um, simplified and dismissed as one group just wants to get wins and get to tournament, no matter what we're watching, and the other has this pure notion of how the game should be played. And the two are so far apart, you're either one or the other. You're exactly right. We need to move away from the idea back to Damien's thing that just because Stephen goes, it means we have to abandon trying to keep the ball in times when you can keep the ball. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. I'm just back from the embassy. The embassy, the embassy, the embassy. Ambassadors' receptions are noted in society for their host's exquisite taste that captivates his guests. Monsieur, with this rocher, you're really spoiling us. Well, I had some pate. That's pretty French. Just canapes, man. You know what I mean? It's yours. Mm. Complete absence of Ferrero Rocher. Excellent. A lot of culture. Good manners and football. How many Ferrero Rocher did you shove down your car? This is why you didn't get invited. As if the French ambassador would poison my palate with a Ferrero Rocher. Monsieur, with this Rocher, you're really spoiling us. I was eyeball to eyeball with the French government's representative here in Ireland. Grunge Week 2023 has exploded since I announced it. It really has. Football podcast. Surely has. I don't think it's a good idea. I want everybody to know that I'm against it. Murph, I have to applaud you on this. You've been hooked in. You have finally given this week the love it deserves. I kind of feel like this is a classic example of Sideshow Bob and the Ricks. Mm -hmm. You know, steps on one Rick, funny. Steps on five Ricks, not that funny. Steps on 20 Ricks, back to being funny. So you just, you wore me down, you know. There was just there were just too many grunge weeks for me to ignore, and it turns out this is the week that broke me. There was one specific rake that did it for you. It was when an email I sent in this exchange between Nicolas Cage and Sean Connery from the 1996 movie The Rock. May I also suggest uh, a haircut? Am I out of style? Unless you're a 20 year old guitarist from Seattle, it's a grunge thing. Grunge. <laughs> Grunge. Grunge. <laughs> just yeah, just needed extra, extra echo. Ken's rugby pundit alter ego Ken Burley has also continued his interactions with All Blacks legend Israel Dag on New Zealand radio. You are really confident, aren't you, Ken? So you can hear more of that this week. He stood up, he stood big. Yeah. Did he I mean, eat humble pie? Like, uh, that he did is, not. That is Israel Dag. I mean, we're not making this shit up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unbelievably. No, exactly. It's, a, it's some strange interactions. Ireland may be out, but there is, a, there is some World Cup still to be played out. Might as well go through the motions over the next weekend or two. We had the Irish Independence. <laughs> and now, because we're contractually obliged. <laughs> Rory O'Connor from the Irish Independent was on with former England prop Alex Corbusiero to figure out why Owen Farrell... I, I can very much understand why Owen Farrell is a hate figure among other fans from yeah. other countries. But he was booed by his own supporters when his name was read out before the quarterfinal against Fiji. Honestly, it's quite hard for me to watch because I, I, honestly, if you've played with that guy, you knew him uh, behind, you know, what you see on TV. You could see him in training, what he brings, the character, the man, the strength. No one's perfect as a human. And and and, and I think, you know, it's all fair to to have our what perceived weaknesses or areas that fans can get onto him. But 
I, I honestly think the media has played a part in it. Like, I, I obviously can see some of the criticisms coming from potentially him getting away with what is perceived to be tackles over the years or special treatment, or maybe the way, especially when he's younger, he could get quite animated or frustrated. Yeah, but normally, you know, but what's funny about that is, Alex, stuff, what's but, funny about that is that's normally the kind of stuff that would piss opponents off. You yeah. know, I could see why other countries yeah. wouldn't like him, but his own fans, and just to, to elaborate, his, his, when his team, when his name was read out in the team sheet at the stadium before the Fiji game, there was a large section booing Owen Farrell. So why is it that his own fans don't like that sort of stuff? I'm going to still think it's it's the way it's still be portrayed in the media. It, a lot of the media that go after him are his own media. Do you know what I mean? It, it's very rarely other countries' media that come after Owen with as much vitriol as he gets written about by some of the own pundits in the UK. And that can then diffuse down into the UK and into the consciousness. And, you know, it, and, and some people that are divisive figures like this, and he seems to have fallen in that category. But to me, I, I don't think it's fair and warranted. I don't feel that way. I can see some of the frustrations, but... Man, that guy is, look out, in in a game against Fiji, could have gone either way. He was, you know, rock solid, bulletproof for England, and one of the reasons why they won the game. Honestly, I can't remember ever a legend of the game getting this sort of treatment, Rory. And the haters would say that his personality is so strong that he actually gets picked more than he should compared to the talent that he has. How do you see it? It's, there's a similarity with Sexton, isn't there? And, and obviously yep. the last four years, and particularly the last week, you know, you can't, you know, if you said anything bad about Johnny Sexton he'd be thrown off the off bridge you know his, his popularity's never been bigger but there have been times over the years where the question has been asked whether Sexton has too much of an influence in the way Ireland play and the way and, and it's too much of a domineering force and, and even there is a question there that you know are have we become so reliant on one player that he, at the age of 38 he's still out there after in fifth minute I don't ever remember him being booed though Rory I don't ever remember no, he's never being been booed. of, of, of I, Ireland I, fans I mean, I maybe Munster no, fans no, have done it when he's playing against them or whatever yeah his popularity in England I think he's one of these players that when he's gone uh, they'll, he'll be far greater there'll be a far greater appreciation um, having driven England to a World Cup final and on the cusp of doing it again um, I mean I know I, I take what Alex says I don't think he helps himself in the media sometimes I think he's quite surly and, and unresponsive and I Oh, I was about to follow on that. I, I do think the way he is maybe quiet in the media, doesn't interact with it, doesn't play the game, doesn't get too involved, um, keeps quite closed off, isn't big on social media, probably doesn't help the situation either. All of that can be yours for only five euro a month plus VAT. You can go to secondcaptains.com if you fancy signing up. There are no ads in our daily shows on the World Service, so you can listen to Not it. Not one that was ever early. No, oh. indeed. Second Captains Podcast is part of the ACAST. Creator, Creator sorry, network. network, of course. And we hope to talk to you soon. You're going to learn to respect us. Which one is that? That's the second time it's gone off. They never go home, they never go home, they never go home, those, those, those boys. The second captain's world service. It is not war and death and famine, it's not that at all. It's the opposite of that, it's to persuade the world outside of that. That's why sport's important. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.